Now, here comes the music. I'm Stevie Nicks. Let's go on stage and just be completely rocking and fantastic. Stevie Nicks! And now, a bird in flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks, hosted by Teresa LeBron.
I can't wait either. I am so ready. I hope you're ready too. It is part three of A Bird in Flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks. I am Teresa LeBrock, and thank you so much for being here. You can reach me by email at TeresaLeBrock at Yahoo.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A LeBrock, L-E-B-R-O-C-Q at Yahoo.com. So I really hope that I hear from you. Stevie Nicks, that was her third solo album, Rock-A-Little. That's right, it was released in 1985 while Fleetwood Mac was on hiatus. Rock-A-Little did pretty well, not quite as well as Belladonna and Wild Heart, but it did produce some really great songs like Talk To Me, Rock-A-Little, and Has Anyone Ever Written Anything For You? If you don't know what Rock-A-Little means, here's Stevie to explain. I just rocking a little, which Rock-A-Little, if you don't know what that means, it means that we kind of rock a little all our life. We rock, I did, I rocked in my cradle for sure. And uh, then in midlife you sort of rock on your feet and then you move on words to a rocking chair at some point probably. So that's kind of what rock a little means. It means to rock and roll all your life. And this album being the meaning of it, being to, uh, to rock and roll all your life, to have that kind of attitude and to kind of stay forever young in your own way. Well, they couldn't meet the walls run high to veil 
listening to A Bird in Flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks with your host, Teresa LeBrock. the hauntingly beautiful has anyone ever written anything for you i miss stevie nicks 
I'm Teresa LeBrock, and this is the show of Bird and Flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks. And if you're a fan of American Horror Story, you can actually hear Stevie sing that song. She performs it on season three's The Coven. It's an awesome stripped-down version, just her and the piano. It's really beautiful. And just in case you didn't know the backstory to that song, Stevie told VH1 Storyteller that the song was written about the death of Joe Walsh's daughter, Emma. Very tragic. She passed away back in 74. But uh, Joe and Stevie actually were dating in the early 80s. They dated for a few years, and uh, he touched her with the story of Emma and what happened to her. And so there you go. And that song was born out of that loss. Rock a Little Tour had ended in late 1986, and this was a critical time for Stevie. She was having some severe health problems stemming from cocaine use. In fact, she has said in interviews that the drug abuse was actually why she and Joe Walsh had to split up. Her doctor told her she had a hole in her nose and that if she didn't stop using it, it would kill her. And that's when Stevie checked into the Betty Ford Center for the first time. She had to get better because there was lots of work to do. Fleetwood Mac were back in the studio recording Tango in the Night. And Stevie had no choice but to send them her demos from the hospital. And uh, Lindsey Buckingham took those demos and he prepared them for the album. She was really unavailable a lot during this time period. She, I think... In an interview, uh, Stevie actually, or uh, Lindsay, sorry, actually said that Stevie was only in the studio like two weeks out of the whole time. So, Tango in the Night actually started though as a solo project for Lindsay, but it morphed into a Fleetwood Mac album. Became massively successful, by the way, in regards to sales, second only to Rumors. And this is where we find Big Love, Family Man, Seven Wonders. In August of 1987, Fleetwood Mac released this song. It was the first Fleetwood Mac song I ever heard. It was written by Christine McVie. Here's Little Lies.
You're listening to A Bird in Flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks with Teresa LeBrock. Album Tango in the Night. That is Fleetwood Mac here on A Bird in Flight. Tribute to Stevie Nicks. I'm Teresa LeBrock. You can find links to this and all the episodes on the uh, fan page on Facebook, Stevie Nicks Addicts. It's a great page for sharing our love of all things Stevie. You can also reach me uh, via email. Yeah, got an email. It's uh, Teresa LeBrock at yahoo.com. That's T E R E S A. LeBrock is L E B R O C q i'll spell it again l-e-b-r-o-c-q at yahoo.com trust me everybody has trouble with that (laughs) 
<laughs> so don't feel bad. It's okay. Uh, we are in the middle to the late 1980s now. Fleetwood Mac has released Tango in the Night. Stevie was out of rehab. She's trying to get better. And uh, some of the same old wounds that befell the band in the late 70s have reared their ugly heads again. Unresolved personal issues, creative differences. You know, it all kind of came to a head when Stevie and Lindsay got into a serious, quote-unquote, confrontation. Uh, one that bassist John McVie, who's normally really hush-hush about this kind of stuff, actually described as physically ugly. Mm, doesn't sound good. That's when Lindsay left Fleetwood Mac. Now, when Fleetwood Mac went back on the road a little bit later on for the Shake the Cage tour, they had replaced their famous guitarist with Rick Vito and Billy Burnett. A Fleetwood Mac Greatest Hits was released in 1988, and that kept the Mac alive for a while. But Stevie was still kind of plagued with her addictions, not coke this time, a drug known as clonopin. And it had been prescribed to her a few years earlier. Considered a tranquilizer, it's easy to see now why Stevie was having such a hard time getting into the studio and was having such a difficult time um, during the Tango in the Night recording. Here is Stevie talking about the drug clonopin. That was when I was on Lanapen, which is a tranquilizer, and that was after Coke. That was after I came after, I went to Betty Ford, I was off the Coke, I was fine. And a psychiatrist decided that what I really needed was to be on Clonopin because it would calm me down. It would keep me from going back to Coke. And uh, this drug was more deadly than the Coke for me. And so what Lindsay was dealing with on Tango in the Night was the fact that when you're on tranquilizers, you really can't be depended on. So I would get there late, or I wouldn't get there at all. So that was hard for him.
Lisa LaVraga. This is a Bird and Flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks. Has Seven Wonders from Fleetwood Mac. Before that, Battle of the Dragon by Miss Stevie Nicks. You can reach me via email, TeresaLabrock at Yahoo.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-L-E-B-R-O-C-Q at Yahoo.com. In 1988, Stevie began working on her fourth solo album, The Other Side of the Mirror. She toured the U.S. and Europe in support of the record, but to this day has very little memory of that tour. Her dependency on the drug clonopin was ruining her life. In 1989, Stevie set to work with Fleetwood Mac on a new album, Behind the Mask, which was released in 1992. Moderate commercial success in the U.S. However, over in the U.K., the album was huge. It entered the charts at number one. It was certified platinum. That's pretty cool. Uh, The band went on a world tour to promote the album, and on the very last night, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were reunited on stage performing Landslide together. Wonderful, man. Wish I could have seen that. After the tour concluded, Stevie left the group over a dispute with Mick Fleetwood, who would not allow her to re- to uh, use the 1977 track Silver Springs on her time space, The Best of Stevie Nicks. Um, she was really upset about this. Obviously, she wrote the song, you know. <laughs> but um, his plans were to save that song for the release of a forthcoming box set for Fleetwood Mac. And he knew the song would be a very valuable selling point for that uh, box set. So they got into a big hoopla about it. And um, Stevie got upset and left the band. Not good. This is how Fleetwood Mac rolls. Here is the song from 1977 that was at the center of that dispute. This is Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac.
that is my answer right there. That is my answer. Anytime anybody asks me, why do you like Stevie Nicks so much? That vocal right there. Silver Springs. I'm Teresa LeBrock, and you are listening to, yes, A Bird in Flight, a tribute to Miss Stevie Nicks. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, Definitely in, like, my top three. You can find that single on Fleetwood Mac's four-box, their four-disc box set, The Chain, that was released in 1992. I am so glad that you're all listening. This is part three of the show. Obviously, there's two other parts, and hopefully you will find them. They are on Facebook at Stevie Nicks Addicts. That is a um, Stevie Nicks fan page. It's a great group of people. We all love Stevie there, so (laughs) just go there, and uh, you can find the links to shows one and two. So, and, and eventually four, because I'm, I'm getting there. That's next. <laughs> well, we all know that Stevie and Fleetwood Mac have a long history together. Some good, some not so much. Uh, but the early 1990s, even with all the greatest hits discs dropping left and right, the band was kind of at a breaking point. They're arguing over song rights and their dark kind of sorted past coming back to haunt them every day. Um, they were just sort of at a standstill. And then along came presidential candidate Bill Clinton. So in 1992, Bill was on the campaign trail using Fleetwood Mac's hit song, Don't Stop. Thrilled, the Mac performed together again for Bill Clinton's 1993 inaugural uh, gala. And this was when Stevie faced a brand new demon, one she's never had to face before, but one that I think most women, or at least I know I (laughs) am familiar with, and that is weight gain. Now, Stevie's only 5'1". Okay, and she just couldn't carry the extra weight that she had packed on. That clonopin was not her friend. It was not helping her. It was another low point for her and one that was really devastating. She decided it was finally time to ditch that drug that was slowly killing her. And Stevie went back into the Betty Ford Center for the second time. Now, after successfully detoxing, Stevie went back into the studio in 1993. She worked on Street Angel, but she was still kind of struggling with her health. She swore she would never go on stage again. Mm -mm. No, you know her fans were not going to have that. (laughs) No way. Uh, And thank goodness we didn't give up, and thank goodness that Stevie didn't give up on herself. And another friend that she had in the business who certainly didn't give up on her was Miss Cheryl Crow. And uh, Cheryl actually drug Stevie into the studio in 1996, and they worked on several songs together. This one happens to be my favorite, my personal favorite. Written by Cheryl Crow, this is Somebody Stand By Me by Stevie Nicks.
Stevie Nicks, along with Cheryl Crow, and somebody stand by me. I'm Teresa LeBrock, and this is a Bird and Flight, a tribute to Stevie Nicks. I hope you'll join me next time for part four of this series. Remember, you can find links to the show on the Facebook page, Stevie Nicks Addicts. And you can contact me via email, TeresaLeBrock at Yahoo.com. Until next time, as Stevie always says, be gracious and be fearless. <laughs>